Now, you may have guessed by the new introduction, and it's a little bit shorter, so it's a little less time to get up the front here, but you may have guessed we're into a new series and we're looking at the series called Comfort, Comfort, My People. And it is based around Isaiah 40, and it is also this moment of looking towards Christmas. But it also reminds us of who and what God is. God is a God of comfort. So let's start with the Bible. Let's start and jump into immediately into Isaiah 40, verses 1 through to 5. So I'm just going to tackle the first five verses today. And it says this. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all of her sins. Listen, it is the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wastelands for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the Lord has spoken. I want to say this right up front. I think it is a wonderful thing that we have a God that speaks tenderly to us in our times of need. How wonderful is it that the comfort, the comfort of God is, is actually real and practical. It's not abstract or arbitrary. See, this passage, these first five verses in Isaiah 40 challenge us challenges us to combat that notion that so many people have. So have you ever encountered how people go, well, God's just abstract, God's far away, God's further afield. This brings it close to us. It moves us from the abstract, far removed from our lives and challenges us with the idea that God is no longer and is not a vengeful God seeking new and creative ways to punish us. Rather, God is tender-hearted and sees the suffering of his people and provides for us in our times of need and strife. But even more than that, our God provides comfort for us in what is our greatest need. God provides comfort for our soul and for our eternal life if we choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Now, as I alluded to right at the very beginning as I was just talking, that this, is, this passage is actually one of the Bible readings that is used in the lead-up to Christmas. In a time we often call Advent, Isaiah 40 is brought out and it reminds us of the prophetic nature and the prophetic piece in this Bible that prophesies the Messiah is going to come and provide comfort to the people. Jesus is the Messiah and is the one that brings comfort 
on a personal basis, but even so much bigger than that, on an eternal scale. So what I'm going to do through this preaching series on comfort is I'm going to take it from the academic and the abstract. I'm not going to leave it there. Because I said that God's comfort is not abstract. It's not academic. It's practical. It's real. It's tangible. It's for us. So we shouldn't look at the topic of comfort in an abstract manner as well. What I'm going to do is each week I'm going to explore an, ad, an aspect of God's comfort and what it means for us in relationship with our, our own personal process of discipleship. So I'm going to make sure that as we look at this, I want us to think what is my journey with God like and what is God talking to me about? See, being a disciple of Jesus, it really means to learn the ways, the words and the works of Jesus Christ. It means for us to be more like Jesus each and every day. And yes, we're in the Old Testament, but Jesus is the fulfilment of God's compassion, of God's comfort for all of the world. Jesus is the embodiment of the tender heart of God. I like that. Jesus is the embodiment of the tender heart of God. And what did, what did Jesus do for us? He gave us eternal life through the giving of his life. He paid the penalty of sin and removed it for us. Once and for all, we just need to accept that gift of grace that God gives us. But thinking about the tender heart of God and thinking about what that may mean for us and, and, and how we can live that out in our lives and what that means for Jesus being the embodiment of the tender heart of God reminds me of the story that we have in, in John's Gospel, especially when Jesus encounters his close friend Lazarus and that he had died. And Lazarus' sisters Mary and Martha in their grief. So I want to share with you from John's Gospel, from John 11, and it says this, from verse 21. And I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to read the whole of it. We're just going to come in the partway into this story. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God's will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will raise again. Yes, Martha said. He will raise again when everyone else raises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will leave even though 
even though they... No, sorry. Everyone who lives in me will believe in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, Jesus told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside of the village and at the place where Martha had met him. And when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and saw the other people wailing with her. A deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? he asked them. Then they told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. At just that moment of the tears that are flowing from Jesus, shows us that tender heart of God. To mourn with those who mourn, to weep with those who weep. See, comfort is not about just giving answers. It's about providing support. It's about being empathetic in these times of need. Comfort is not about trying to get your mindset into a right place. It's about sharing in that moment. And what did Jesus do? He just didn't go on and correct the situation, which he just did after that. He does restore Lazarus back to life and restores him back to the family and restores him back to the community because our God is a God of restoration but in that moment of need, in that moment of sadness, Jesus joins in and provides comfort in that moment. So let me make it really personal for us for a moment. Let me make this about being a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. How do we provide comfort? How do we support one another when times are sad, when times are difficult? Before I go too far into this, I, I, I want to let you know that this is something that I struggle with myself. And at times I get it and other times I don't. See, here's the thing. God speaks tenderly to the people. God has a tender heart. Yet I hate to say that myself and I think others as well, we all have a tendency to have a hard heart. We have a tendency to be hard-hearted. Let me give you a little answer just to make yourself feel better. I think part of this is because we are emotionally overloaded. 
See, we see sad stories all the time. We see tragedies in the news. We hear about people who are sick, who are unwell. We hear about wars. We hear about people dying. We hear about our close friends that have passed away. And with this constant bombardment of of people's situations and circumstances that can pull at our heartstrings, we can let our hearts not be tender but be hard. We don't feel sorry for the people in those stories. We protect ourselves from this emotional overload by saying to ourselves that somehow they must have actually brought this upon themselves. It's something that has been visited upon them and that is not the case. Yes, sometimes people do do silly things and bear the consequences of it. Sometimes it's just because they're in a place or a situation and sometimes for no reason something bad happens. Regardless of what the situation is, it is about our response to those people who are in need. Do we come with a hard-hearted response or do we come rather with a tender heart, one that pushes away, one that isolates, one that protects yourself from the world that is around and everything that is there with it? Or do we want have one that opens ourselves up to the needs of the world, to the hurts of those people? I said I struggle with this because there are times when I know I come across as hard-hearted. And it could be because you've had a you know, hard day, a bad day. Lots of things have been piled on top of you. You might be tired, you might be cranky, but you, you see what's happening around and you don't respond well. I know for me one of the things that I need to do is pause and stop when I have those responses. When I'm going, actually, why am I responding in such a negative, hard way to this person? Why am I building barriers in front of me rather than creating a bridge between us. How do I provide a tender-hearted response? I know that sometimes, you know, distance is great. You know, our church, we support children in a developing country, in Haiti. And one of the responses that we have is that we do give and support them in their physical means, but we also, do we write to them? Do we offer encouragement and support? Or do we have so much that gets on top of us that doesn't help? When we first set up this partnership with Compassion and our church, I remember some of us were really open to what was happening, really opening, opening our hearts and minds to where God was leading us and 
and seeing the need within the world and what we could do was support one child, one family and support another one and have that ongoing relationship. But other people came with a little bit more hard-hearted approach and worrying whether money is used in the right way or whether they would, you know, whether they'd pass away before the child had grown up and what would happen to them. Sometimes we come with a hard-hearted approach when we should come with a tender-hearted approach. We're meant to bring comfort to the world around us within the means that we have at our disposal to provide comfort to those people who are near us because we have a tender heart rather than a hard heart. Being hard-hearted is not what it means to be a Christian. It's not our Christian response to sad news, to difficult times. Paul in Ephesians says this, that gives us an indication of what it means to, to live as a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ that opens our hearts up to those in need and our response. In Ephesians 4 verse 32 it says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And by no means, this is the only point where the letters to the early church encouraged them to take this point of of being tender-hearted. Peter echoes this in in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 where it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathise with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. I love how tender-hearted and humility come hand in hand. See, when we are proud about ourselves and what we've achieved and what we've done and think that we've done it all is the point when we start thinking hard-hearted about the other people around us and their situations because you've achieved it, you've done it, you've built all of this rather than stopping and going, actually, I'm going to humble myself. And in that humility, they're saying it's not about me. It is about God's working through us and what we can do that brings us to be more tender-hearted. Here's the crux of the matter. It's easy for us to be hard-hearted, but it actually takes us opening ourselves up to God's presence in our life to be truly tender-hearted. 
Let us not fall into the habit of being hard-hearted, but rather let us follow the leading of Jesus Christ and be tender-hearted. Comfort our brother and sister in Christ, our fellow believers. Let us show our tender hearts to the world around us, for God speaks tenderly to his people. And as it says in Isaiah 40, verse 1, it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. This is what God brings to us. His comfort upon our lives. But we don't just leave it there. We respond to that. Because what does God say that we should do? Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all of the sins. Listen, it is the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. And then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the Lord has spoken. Speak tenderly in the times of hardship. Speak tenderly because our God provides comfort and we, as we become more like Jesus each day of our lives, as we invest ourselves to be fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ, let our hearts be not hard-hearted but tender-hearted. Let us just pray. Lord God, we come here today and we come in front of you knowing that at times we respond with a hard heart to those that we see who are in need, to those that are struggling, are hurting, are finding it difficult. Lord, help us to put aside that hardness of our hearts so that we may become more tender-hearted like you, O God. For you, God, are tender-hearted. You see us and you see our situation. You saw the situation of the world mired in sin. And because of that, you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, who came into the world to forgive our sins, to, to allow us free access back to you, to eternal life with you. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise because of what Jesus has done. And Lord, help us to be more like Jesus each and every day of our life. Help us to be like Jesus, your the tender-hearted embodiment of God in our midst. Jesus knew how to weep with those who wept, to mourn with those who mourned, to sing with those who sang and to praise with those who praised. Let us do this. Let us reflect your tender heart, O God, today. O Lord, we pray this. 
in your holy name. Amen.